reason Twitter fought so hard to force Musk to to live up to his his agreement and buy it for forty four billion is because that was the deal of a lifetime. Oh yeah, he, they, Are you kidding? they will never. He knew they would never find a buyer ever anywhere again for forty four billion dollars. Yeah. It wasn't meme. worth forty four <laughs> billion. No, it wasn't. Musk overpaid. It's like it's like you know, uh, you know. Let's say like a, a a hot new video game system comes out, and like it retails for five. Like the PS N comes out down the line, and it retails for six hundred bucks, and you see that oh my god, people are buying it and selling it on eBay for sixteen hundred bucks, one thousand six hundred dollars. I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna throw down thirty thousand dollars for one of the PS <laughs> And then try to resell it. (laughs) The art art of the deal. You know, what a a negotiator. (laughs) Hi, Matt. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear you. It's great to see you. How you doing? Doing good. Are we on air? Uh, You are live, yes. So, uh, as always, save save the N words for after. I love how you always just do that. Yeah. No no warning. Hey, how you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing good as I pick my nose. (laughs) Okay, well, just just so you know, when I'm like, when it's the afternoon, I'm like, hey, can you drop in on the show? I'm already streaming. Like, I'm I'm already like an hour or so deep. And then, um, like, uh, when you phone me, I'm, I'm like, literally in the middle of, the, like, I don't use the same streaming software as you, where you get a waiting room, and there's a whole kind of, like, you're like, okay, we're going live in, like, 10 minutes, just let me do, I have to sing my theme song first and get everything ready and all that kind of stuff. I sing, I didn't know I was singing my theme song. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Matt Binder Show. <laughs> Welcome to Doom. <laughs> uh, speaking of both, do you want to do a quick plug? Uh, there's a, a few people watching right now uh, where they can find your kind of great stuff. My name is Matt Binder. Uh, you can always come to me for video uh, and audio sans technical difficulties. <laughs> no problems on my show. YouTube.com slash Matt Binder. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Matt Binder. I multi-stream. Tuesdays, I usually do my show Doom, which is like a politics show that focuses on like theories, right-wing politics, etc. Um, and then on Sundays, I usually do my crypto show Scam Economy, which you can check out on those video channels and also at scameconomy.com. Fucking based. I have two very quick things to ask you. I know your time is extremely limited right now. Penny Johnson would say, "Based." All right, two quick things. Uh, I want to talk about FTX, and I'm wondering if you can give an incredibly Coles Notes summary to people who are t- uh, starting to buy into some weird, let's say, right-wing conspiracy that apparently this was a deeply entrenched Democratic uh, hit piece. Also, I want to read something to you from uh, the scoop that came out today, and I'm hoping you can explain this to me, okay? Elon Musk used Twitter, the platform he now owns, to gleefully mock the meltdown of the crypto exchange FTX. His bullshit meter was redlining when he met crypto exchange's founder, Sam Bankman-Fried, Musk has said. But Musk was in the friendlier mood on May 5th. Two weeks after clinching a deal to buy Twitter for $44 billion, he texted Bankman-Fried just after midnight and invited him to roll the $100 million stake he had, owned for a few months, into privately held Twitter. The previously unreported message, which was reviewed by Semaphore, set in motion a chain of events that has bound the two men 
whose companies are both in varying degrees of crisis. Bankman-Fried owns a sizable chunk of a now privately held and debt-laden Twitter, and Musk, who's publicly distanced himself from the crypto uh, FTX uh, failed earlier this month, now counts him as a financial partner in his effort to remake Twitter. What the fuck is going on? It's it's totally unclear. That's what Sima 4 is reporting. Also, uh, uh, Ben Smith of Sima 4 is also posted a screenshot of the iMess like the iPhone text message um conversation between SBF and Elon Musk. These texts referencing SBF with Sam Bankman Fried, the founder of FTX, uh, they were released uh for the most part, except for this one Semaphore digged up, uh, but for the most part they were released as part of Twitter's lawsuit against Musk when Musk tried to, you know, wiggle his way out of buying Twitter. Um, and we saw it, two separate occasions, a a banker and a philosophy professor who was like SBF's guru or something like that. Weird people. Um, they both were in Elon Musk's text messages trying to sell Musk on SBF and how, you know, SBF had billions of dollars that he was interested in, uh, you know, investing and, you know, joining together with Musk to purchase Twitter. Um, you know, for 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 what I saw in those texts that were released, Musk didn't really seem all that interested. I mean, it wasn't like he flat out said anything against SBF, but he wasn't really like you just tell, like he didn't go out of his way to like really interact with the two people. He was just sort of like, are you sure he has the liquid to do this? And then like, you know, they were like, yeah, I believe he does. I mean, we now know he doesn't. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. But Musk has been using that since FTX failed and went bankrupt and seems to have been running a, a Ponzi. Uh, you know, he basically been flaunting that he called SBF on his shit uh, since the very beginning, something he didn't, he didn't believe SBF, you know, uh, and everything he put himself forward to be. I mean, those texts made it hard to argue with. But if what Semaphore has is accurate and what they found out about this $100 million that SBF apparently may have given to Musk, it sort of tears that whole thing to shreds. I mean... You could act however you want. You take money from the guy. You go into business with him. Uh, you're you're chained to that, buddy. You there's nothing you could do to escape that one. So, do you think in your assertion that his whole like I know he was basically trying to say that this is a democratic like look at all the democratic candidates FDX uh, donated to, and then you were quick to point out on Twitter actually they donated to both Republicans and Democrats. Yes, more Democrats than Republicans, and more money to Democrats than Republicans. But they're definitely just playing the game like anyone else does, right? Like oil and energy companies donate heavily to right wingers, whereas Silicon Valley donates usually heavily to to Democrats. Um, do, do you think Elon Musk was trying to run cover, or is he just trying to play into what is clearly his new meme world which is i love the right and the right loves me 
this is a right wing talking point that he's globbed onto because it again it 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 helps bolster his claim that he's patting himself on the back about that. Hey, I called out SBF before, and there's the proof before mm-hmm. this even happened. Those texts are from March and April of this year. FTX was raising, uh, talking to Ray uh, in talks to raise, you know, a, a, a bill on a bill multi-billion-dollar valuation back then. I and even I called. So he's he's using that to bolster uh, himself. It's total right-wing uh, bullshit, and I, I could run through this for you in really, you know, a short and sweet way. I just, you know, if anyone wants to check out. As Sunday, the latest episode of Scam Economy dropped, Fitless. and on that and on that episode, <laughs> I had on uh, one of the guys who runs the Aid for Ukraine crypto donation program. Ah. The CEO of a of a cryptocurrency company based in Ukraine, um, and he basically ran through the story of how you, uh, Aid for Ukraine, the crypto program, came to be. Basically, it goes like this, and and this this all and I was following. If you go back to like when I first started Scam Economy earlier this year, one of my earliest episodes were was on uh, all those crypto grifters who were trying to use Ukraine to pump up their own tokens mm-hmm. and in turn, you know, pump up their own bags. Um, so I was on this really early, and everything he told me matched up to what I understood to be the case. Now. When Russia invaded Ukraine early this, earlier this year, Ukraine immediately had to do certain things that made it harder for them to basically accept all sorts of donations, honestly. At first, they basically did not accept any crypto. And I know there were a lot of headlines early on that, um, you know, oh, Ukraine's raising all this money in crypto. But the first thing they did actually was say, we don't want a crypto. We can't do anything with it because the National Bank of Ukraine had put regulations and restrictions on cross-border payments when this all first went down. So after a little while, though, there is this agency in the government of Ukraine called the uh, Ministry of Digital Transformation. And it's basically just a handful of uh, very tech-savvy guys who are trying to convince the government to you know, take uh, technological leaps and try out new things when it comes to uh, tech. And so they did finally convince them to accept crypto donations. And you might recall then, that's when the at Ukraine official Twitter handle just tweeted out a bunch of wall- uh, you know, crypto wallet addresses for people to donate to. As I'm told by the uh, aid for Ukraine uh, 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 lead, he basically told me that it became too much for this very small agency to handle. Um, Again, they couldn't uh, exchange some of this money into fiat currency, which was necessary because not all of the suppliers uh, that were working with the government of Ukraine, um, they weren't all taking crypto. Some of them wanted U.S. dollars or fiat currency of some sort. So they needed a partner to make that exchange. Now, for half of those crypto donations, they were from people within Ukraine. That wasn't a problem. They had partnered with a Ukrainian-based crypto exchange called Kuna to help work on those uh, exchanges. For outside of the Ukraine, they needed a way to exchange that money while these National Bank of Ukraine restrictions on cross-border payments existed. So FTX basically reached out to them with their own legal team ready to go, who helped make this possible. What ended up happening is uh, Ukraine for uh, aid for Ukraine is formed to help take off the burden from this very small government agency who's trying to deal with all these crypto donations. 
made for Ukraine partners with a number of different crypto companies, FTX being one of them, help basically, uh, you know, transfer, exchange these funds. FTX received in total, and I've seen the documentation uh, from Aid for Ukraine that shows me the crypto transfer to FTX, followed by the FTX transfer to the National Bank of Ukraine. A total of a little more than $1.5 million in crypto donations were sent to Ukraine, which was then, oh, excuse me, was sent to FTX, which was then immediately exchanged uh, into fiat currency and sent to the National Bank of Ukraine. $1.5 million. Now, by the time this all happened in mid-March and that amount was exchanged, National Bank of Ukraine lifted a lot of those regulations and, um, you know, issues with cross-border payments. And FTX was basically no longer necessary. Um, all the exchanges basically went through that Ukrainian-based co uh, company, Kuna. Um, $1.5 million. And again, this wasn't money sent to the government. This wasn't money sent from the government of Ukraine. This was from the wallet addresses that donors, third parties, sent to Ukraine in crypto. This whole conspiracy claiming that the Joe Biden administration sends billions of dollars in aid to Ukraine. Ukraine was currently fighting for the existence of their country against the Russia. Yeah. Instead of, you know, obviously using that money to, you know, buy supplies and fight back, they're obviously sending all that money to FTX, who then in turn is dispersing it to Democratic candidates and organizations. That's the claim by the right wing. It's ludicrous and Elon on Musk. its face. Yeah. And Elon Musk, yes. yes. It's ludicrous on its face. Um, now, let's get to the actual political donations. There's no doubt about it. SBF is a major Democratic donor. This is fact. He did not just donate to Democrats. He donated to a number of Republicans, including Peter Thiel's faves, like J.D. Vance in Ohio and Blake Masters in Arizona. Yes, most of these donations, uh, I believe SBF in total donated something like $37 million for the midterms. He had originally promised from the midterms up all the way until 2024, he was going to donate a billion dollars, but he later walked that back. My assumption isn't anything nefarious in terms of political playing going on. My assumption is he spoke, uh, you know, he, 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 he ran his mouth and clearly didn't have the money. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So he, he did donate like $37 million for the uh, midterms to Democrats and Republicans. Yes, Democrats received the most, but something kept out of all of this conversation that even though the majority of that $37 million went to Democrats, it wasn't because he was trying to help Democrats defeat Republicans, because he was trying to get his own candidates handpicked by him in some cases to win because the vast majority of the money that he donated to Democrats was actually donated to Democratic primary candidates, not candidates in the actual general election in the midterms. And on top of all of this, one specific candidate who was his like the, the one that he handpicked because uh, espoused the same values of SBF. Both were guys who basically uh, 
describe themselves as effective altruists. It's this bullshit thing. No, no, I, I, I know all. I know all about it. I have to make as much money as possible to be able to help as many people as possible. It's fucking yes, yes. It's 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 so trickle down fucking virtue signaling. Right. So this Oregon strict house race in the primaries. This guy running, picked by SBF, backed by SBF, Tarek Flynn, received out of that thirty-seven million that you see Republicans talking about. Tarek Flynn, the primary candidate, received. For $10 million of it. And he lost in the primaries, by the way. He garnered around 11,000 votes. <laughs> I mean, this is what we're talking about here. So he tried um, to do a Peter the, the, Thiel, but wasn't effective, uh, right, essentially. Right, right. Yeah. Right. And on top of this, though, they also leave out that a profile FTX executive, he was a co-CEO of one of FTX's uh, subsidiaries, uh, Ryan uh, Salas, I believe his name is. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing his last name wrong. This guy donated more than $20 million to mainly Republican candidates, and they're barely talking about him. So in total, FTX as a whole seems to have donated into uh, you know the midterm races around $60 million between them all. Um, both Democrats and Republicans. If you have an issue with that, you should, but it's not because nefarious Democrats are plotting something, some sort of money, money laundering operation. No, the problem is that like all of these lobbyists, they were trying to play both sides in order to be able to influence future policy that goes before Congress. That's clearly what was going on here. That's the issue at hand here. That's the big issue that we should be talking about. SBF attempted to make himself into the crypto player in Washington. Really tried to play both sides, Democrat, uh, Democrats and Republicans, yeah. so he could help influence crypto policy. Uh, what he wasn't expecting was for a few reporters to find out that one of his subsidiaries was basically insolvent and his whole crypto empire to go belly up. And so that's where we are now with FTX. And this is why these conspiracies came out. Uh, my guess is that they really needed a, uh, you know, sort of how like they had the whole Pizzagate thing ready to go, assuming yeah. that Donald Trump was going to lose to Hillary. You know, they needed a new conspiracy to get ready uh, for midterm results, so, you know, to take eyeballs off the midterm results that painted them in a bad light. So here you go. FTX lined up in an absolute perfect time for them to uh, do this. Uh, they came across that uh, that press release from March saying FTX was uh, partnering with Aid for Ukraine, the crypto program, and boom, bada, bing, it's the perfect lineup of things for them to uh, go ahead with their conspiracy with. Did you do a deep dive search into whether or not he was technically using anal beads to win at chess? Oh, I did not. Are we... <laughs> <laughs> was that was that a th oh, was that was that a thing or was that a thing with that that whole chest uh that that was actually a thing it's a, <laughs> it's one of the weirder stories of this i do have one other quick question related to all this um when it comes to elon musk and his twitter usage you've obviously seen him responding to some of i would say pretty controversial far-right figures like ian miles chong someone who has uh, previously been known to have caused the death of a dog from doing a swatting uh as well as made a lot of jokes about having sex with children um I'm, I'm curious, between that and the fact that today Elon Musk was directly responding to Andy No, uh, and then minutes later, Chad Loader, who uh, they happen to be obviously a very big uh, enemy of Andy No and vice versa, uh, that account, Chad Loader, they have been 
uh, removed from the internet. Um, is is there like and this ties back into this whole thing with Elon Musk like being so brazen as to actually think I can publicly speak about this when I may have direct ties with this motherfucker? Uh, is is this a pattern where we're seeing Elon Musk doesn't actually care if he's publicly airing all this fucked up shit? Uh, and is there maybe um, the future of Twitter? Are we headed towards a uh, the left is going to actually like? I I feel like they're creating what they thought was happening. Like they had this weird vision that the the left uh, or the libs controlled twitter and do this whole sjw we ban the right wing because they say we're like fucking uh you know the things we don't like because we're snowflakes but it was just a corporation it was just a corporation trying to make a profit uh and and now they're coming in but that now he's actually doing that i don't know is that me am i alone on this sorry that was like 50 no, questions I mean, I answer mean, all 50 <laughs> that's what we're seeing i mean it's it's clear as day that elon musk is in a right wing filter bubble um, do does he realize this? It doesn't really matter. Um, I, I do think that he isn't that bright. I, I really don't think he's that, you know, that smart, at least, at least, because I know some some simps might say, oh, but look at his built richest man, billions of dollars, successful organizations. All right, being able to run a company doesn't mean you're smart for everything at the very least. Um, I think when it comes to this space, he's completely clueless. And he's created this right-wing filter bubble at some point. You know, I, I would assume that he probably was uh, many years ago, just your basic, you know, capitalist tech dude who probably held some uh, moderate to right-wing views, but, you know, had just enough liberalism to make it, uh, to make it, uh, you know, corporate savvy. Cause you know how a lot mm -hmm. of corporations like to make sure that, you know, they're, they're, they're Brand woke safe. in certain ways. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I'm sure he he was that that individual many, many years ago. And as he became more wealthy and had more power, uh, he basically went insane as people on the left <laughs> started to criticize him more. That's literally what that's without a doubt what happened here. And as people on the left criticized him a little bit more and dared to say he should pay a little bit more in taxes and things like that. Or have worker um, rights he, and not make your workers work under COVID or not have yes, racist factories yes. or <laughs> yes, <laughs> et cetera. Yes. He, he, he little by little surrounded himself with more and more people on the right who were basically licking his boots. Yeah. And now he is in a complete right-wing bubble. It's clearly all he sees. It's all that surrounds him. You can see in how he's running Twitter just how much of a bubble he's stuck in. Take the blue check thing, for example. Nobody, no regular Twitter user ever cared about the verified checkmark thing. If anything, regular, everyday Twitter users liked seeing that verified check mark on very specific individuals because they knew who they could interact with and if they got an interaction back it was a big deal for them for a lot of people because it's someone who's known in that space and in many ways they're able to trust that individual for information because twitter could take away that verification badge if that individual decided to take advantage of it so those individuals were held to a higher standard in many ways no one cared about it except for people on the right. People on the right wing hated that shit. They looked at it as because, you know, a lot of journalists had it. Yes. It, it made J journalists with like 500 followers could get it. That was the weirdest thing. That yes. was I was I was always like, "Whoa, the standard for you getting this check mark for journalists was way lower." But did, did before you finish that point, did you hear about journalists in like, you know, countries in Africa who were coming out and saying to like to, you know, saying Elon Musk, 
this prevents me sometimes from being arrested or detained because I have a very like a verification proof that I am an actual like member of the press. This like in in war torn areas, this has been a life saving thing for me. Like, please don't take this away. And I was like, God damn, right. you don't even think about that. Right. He doesn't. He doesn't think of that though. Of course, he doesn't yeah. think of anything like that. Nor does he really care, honestly. But. He is in this right wing bubble where they get so angry that journalists have these check marks with give, which give them some sort of authority, which, again, the vast majority of regular people actually like that feature. It makes them know they're not dealing with a fake or a fraud um, and it pisses off the right. So Elon thought because he's in this bubble. Oh, imagine I could sell. These check marks for eight dollars a month. Power to the people, must baby! Be this huge market for it because it's all I see on my feed. Because he surrounded <laughs> himself with these people, and then he launches this program. And after a few days, chaos runs amok on Twitter because everyone is buying this blue check mark to specifically fuck with people and create fake accounts in order to parody and impersonate brands advertisers and influential individuals that they have to shut down the program we now know that the entirety of twitter blue 150,000 people and that includes that's the paid subscription by the way for people who don't know and then includes people who previously subscribed back before elon musk took over when they wanted that new edit feature that uh twitter rolled out just like a couple of weeks before elon uh, officially owned twitter so 150,000 people altogether. Um, that's not a lot of money. That's just a couple million dollars, uh, you know, a year. Elon is under the belief that he is going to replace half of Twitter's entire revenue um, with paying subscribers. I should let you know that Twitter's revenue for uh, 2021 last year was around five billion dollars. That five billion dollars, four point five billion of it was from ads. Eighty-five percent. It's 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 it's. <laughs> listen, Facebook has billions of users. They thought there was a revenue model. Get people to subscribe to get verified on Facebook, anything like that. Would have fucking done it. Mm. They know it's there's nothing there. It's just yeah. going to ruin the platform. Um, I mean, well, based based on your own calculations, wasn't it like four hundred eighty-eight thousand dollars a month? That's what he's exchanging for. Like, and and you said the costs of running the site is like one hundred twenty million. So, like, this has to be I, I, yeah. one of the most colossally ridiculous business ventures ideas yeah. ever, ever proposed and enacted publicly. So, so, so Musk has been boasting that they've got like two hundred fifty million. Um, around 250 million daily active users on Twitter now since he took over. I think it's up from like 238 million or whatever. Um, 250 million daily active users. Um, in e-commerce, like when you you know buy something online, advertisers and marketers, um, there is standards in terms of like how they can basically define what is a successful online marketing campaign, and the broad standard in e-commerce among all of these professionals is the average conversion rate, as in the percentage of people 
who you're aiming for, you're trying to convert into paying buyers for your product. The average conversion rate for an e-commerce is around something like anywhere from one to five percent, with the average, be, the like the with the middle, like the the most being between like two and three percent, like two point five percent, like the average. But when you think of social media, it's a lot different than you know advertising to any other sort of consumers, um, because. Not all people use social media in the same way. 50 million people use Twitter. But according to Twitter's own data that they released right before Musk came on board, only around 10% those 250 million daily active users are what Twitter considers to be power users. And how does Twitter define a power user? According to Twitter, a power user is defined as someone who logs in daily posts at least three to four times a week so to them a power user isn't even someone posts once a day it's someone who logs in and posts three to four times a week so 10 percent of 250 million 25 million users are what they would be they would consider a power user someone who posts at least a few times a week you could imagine that people who post every day even less than 25 million let's use that 25 million number of power users. Those are the people who are at least creating content on the semi-regular. Now look at what Twitter Blue's main selling point is, the verification badge feature. If you're in the vast majority of Twitter users who just log in because you wanna just basically scroll through your feed, and people should know that the majority of people on all social media platforms are not creators or posters, the majority of people are just people who read and view and watch. They don't even interact. They don't, uh, you know, they don't want to have any, their, their feeds are empty in terms of like their own writing or, or video posting or anything. They just like following people and getting their news and information, you know, following along with uh, live sports feeds, things like that. They don't, they don't post. Mm -hmm. We got 25 million people who create content on Twitter. And uh, that's the audience for this Twitter blue subscription, because why would people who don't post care about having a verified badge? Yeah. They don't post. No one would see it. Doesn't matter yeah. to them. So you got 25 million. So 2.5% of that is not a lot of people. It's just not a lot of people. <laughs> if, if the average so... e-commerce, um, laws apply here, which they most undoubtedly do because we got 150 million, 100, excuse me, 150,000 people who've signed up so far. That's well below even that number. Like they're underperforming. And that's because social media has already trained users that you don't have to pay to take part. It's going to be nearly impossible to break that. Sure, there'll always be people who, you know, uh, want bonus features, which is why I think like Twitter Blue is fine if you're going to give them like actual features in terms of like, I don't know, like, uh, no ads, video, no, <laughs> no ads, ads, no ads would be big, not like half the ads. Cause I have yeah. an ad free experience now and it's free because no one wants to advertise on this garbage platform. So that part has been nice. Thank you, Elon. Got to give you, you, know you, even if you that. offer that though, <laughs> even if you offer that though, and still have that verification badge feature you're automatically turning people away. Cause they don't want to take part in it. Mm -hmm. it people already like people like non-verified users, like regular people could already see them complain about bullshit, uh, you know, mark users with two followers who tweet nothing but right-wing politics or cryptocurrency schemes or, you know, simping for Elon Musk in their feed. Like, 
Oh yeah, it's, it's become a, it's, it's, I, I don't it's I don't know about I don't know about you, but it is wild seeing fucking check marks telling me to Roblox myself. I was like, oh, that's new. Never never had that. It would normally be just random accounts telling me to go Roblox myself, and now it's like check mark. <laughs> oh, all right, yeah, eight dollars a right. month. Right. I mean, if, <laughs> I mean, I mean, if 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 Elon Musk wants to take away all these check marks from actual verified users and just let people pay eight dollars for it, will without a doubt kill his platform. Mm-hmm. So what will happen is celebrities will just leave yeah just well we're already leave. kind of seeing that right with like cbs and like other people being like we don't want to be a part the of CBS, whatever's yeah, happening but, in. but those those were just like you know i don't think those were anything to talk about because um you know cbs already came back and not many uh celebrities will come out and take that political stance or whatever you will see because what the reason that twitter became so big twitter is the least popular of all of these mainstream social media sites, like oh, Musk yeah. was under the belief he tweeted out he was under the belief that Twitter was one of the was the main driver of traffic on the internet. He tweeted that out <laughs> before that community notes feature corrected him. His own website corrected him. In reality, Twitter is the least driver of traffic of all the social media sites. It's and so hyper specific. Well before, yeah. I, I I knew that even before that. You talk to anyone who's ever done like who's ever bought like Google ads, YouTube ads, uh, TikTok ads, Instagram ads, Facebook ads, and Twitter ads. Every single one of them will tell you that Twitter converts the worst. People mm-hmm. on Twitter do not interact with the ads. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are someone who puts out you know news articles or things like that, you'll see Twitter doesn't drive all that much traffic facebook is notoriously a heavy traffic driver that's why facebook has been blamed by so many news media organizations for ruining their business because they've taken all the clicks away they're the ones who are basically people just copying and pasting and putting all the stuff there and then just putting a link at the end and people just reading it on facebook um and still after all that they're still the mega driver of clicks so imagine if they <laughs> didn't do that how many clicks they'd be driving um but you know so he was under that belief because again the right wing believes the world revolves around twitter um it just doesn't it, twitter has a very specific uh Eesh. group very of hardcore users and yep. that's what's old made internet it so lovers popular. yeah that's what's made it so popular though there's celebrities and media figures and that is the main uh, and, you know, in politics and entertainment across the board in sports, those media figures and those celebrities have cemented Twitter as an important social media platform in the whole Internet like sphere without those users. Twitter's dead. And why did those users flock to Twitter to begin with? Because Twitter was the first one to verify them and say this and say to all the users on Twitter, hey, this person, that's exactly who they say they are. Instagram, YouTube, all these companies followed Twitter's lead after that. But by then, it was too late for the, for them to cement themselves as the standard bearer for that. So many people, so many companies use Twitter verification as the standard bearer of, am I talking with this person for real? When they receive an email from an individual, when they receive a phone call or a contact from an individual. And if Musk takes that away, Twitter is dead in the water. I remember for the longest time, um, and I'm not saying dead in the water like everyone stops using it. I mean, it just slow bleed of more and more advertisers as less and less people uh, who advertisers would want to advertise to lose the platform. Um, I remember for the longest time, celebrities would, it would be like almost like the same thing as like those crypto people saying, uh, this is not financial advice. Celebrities would have posted in their bios, Twitter, 
I do not have a Facebook. I do not have an Instagram. I do not have a TikTok. I do not have a YouTube. I do not have a Google Plus. I do not have a French <laughs> or a MySpace, whatever. People this not gonna is know the that only. <laughs> <laughs> this is the only platform I use, Twitter, and it's because of that verification feature. Hmm. He, I mean, he he could let let him let him do it. I mean, honestly, let him do it, and he'll see what happens. Oh, um, we already did. It was glorious. We got to see uh, fucking insulin providers get fucking destroyed. They got rolled the next day. <laughs> but I, I, I'm saying, I'm saying, imagine when it's just the eight dollar blue checks all around, and he takes uh, away the verification from everybody who's yeah. actually verified. I yeah. mean. That that verification tab and everyone's mentions now because everyone has that verification tab that mm. used to be something that only verified users had. The, yeah, uh, real where people you could just see mentions from verifications. If you're someone, if you're someone who gets a lot of replies, that verification tab was super important to see. You know where were all these replies coming from? Because more often than not, it would be because a verified user shared your tweet, retweeted you, or quote tweeted you. If it's all just $8 checkmark users who are just simping for Musk or pushing crypto scams, verification tab just becomes, oh, the built-in spam reply tab. I'll never look <laughs> at that tab ever again. Well, I love that he gave everyone the power for $8 to show that you pay for a free website. It's like for only $8, you can now sh advertise to everybody that you're a rube. It's the mark of the rube. Um, I, I, had a, I had another question for you. Uh, do you think like everyone is asking why is this collapse so bizarre because like the site I don't know if about for you for me on Android it's like it's running like garbage it's almost unusable on the yeah. Android app but on the website itself is still pretty sturdy I've heard a lot of rumors being that's because the European team there's really good labor laws in Europe they couldn't actually fire everyone overnight so like you'll see when the outages overnight if you look at and track them when the European team wakes up the outages reduce and then they fucking spike oh, really? again I didn't hear that, yeah 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 check it out look, look at the, the the graph of when the European team the hours when they wake up and when all the outages start to lower and then when they go back up but that being said like people were saying that it was going to die on monday because fifa it was going to crash the servers uh other people are suggesting that the whole thing is going to evolve into something new like where do, where do you see the site going do you think it will continue to like just live this weird alt-right death cycle that it's going through right now i don't i don't think it, it helps to speculate because it's not going to be because that's not how like websites of this stature work mm -hmm. like it just doesn't go down because less people there. Like, obviously, the team at Twitter has built a sturdy infrastructure that's able to handle a lot. Mm -hmm. But eventually, things break. Mm -hmm. Introduce uh, the introduction of new features will break existing features. Um, you know, uh, code will become outdated and make the uh, you know make the platform sluggish. Things eventually break down. Up, you know, general upkeep is needed eventually. Well, it's already sluggish. And yeah, yeah, I mean, you can see things breaking. Like things oh, are yeah. definitely broke. But like thing, it's not just going to completely just go down overnight. I mean, I, I think we'll just honestly see the site, um, you know, continue to go down this same path. Um, he, I, I you know, I, I would like to see what happens with advertising revenue because. Um, he, if he doesn't, if he's, I mean, if he doesn't get that back, it's done. Like there's nothing, there's, he, he could, maybe he'll just continue to sell off Tesla stock and tank his other companies. So, um, just so he doesn't take the failure on Twitter. Uh, but I mean, I, I, I don't know what his play is here. Literally no way he can make back the $44 billion. It's just impossible. Twitter, the reason, like people have to understand the reason Twitter so hard to force Musk to to live up to his bar his agreement and buy it for forty four billion 
was because that was the deal of a lifetime. Oh, yeah. He, they, Are you kidding? They will never. <laughs> he knew they would never find a buyer ever anywhere again for $44 billion. Yeah. It wasn't meme. worth $44 <laughs> billion. No, it wasn't. Must overpaid. It's like, it's like you, know, uh, you know, let's say like a, a, a hot new video game system comes out. And like it retails for five, like the PSN comes out down the line and it's retails for 600 bucks. And you see that, oh my God, people are buying it and selling it on eBay for 1600 bucks, $1,600. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw down $30,000 for one of these PSNs <laughs> and then try to resell it. <laughs> The art, mean, the art of the deal, you know, what a, what a negotiator. Yeah. Like, yeah, you could probably, probably find a buyer for 1600 which is more than it's worth at 600 but yeah. you ain't going to find a buyer at 30000 30, because you're the only fucking idiot to buy it for 30000 Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> the world's smartest man. <laughs> I will say, I think the plus of all this is that it's kind of shown a lot of people that uh, this weird aura we have around billionaires and CEOs as being just better than regular people. They're they're geniuses. They're able to manage tens of thousands of human beings. The regular human being can't do that. You need someone who's a super 9,000 IQ, big brain, fucking super saiyan. That is Elon Musk. And now to see this and be like... All the ideas you are implementing, people like me and Matt Binder on the internet who have no expertise in this. Actually, you have more than I do. But even then, no actual expertise running a tech company can tell you this is a fucking terrible idea. Do you know what will I happen? Mean, <laughs> I mean, it should be clear to everybody now that the difference between like everyday people like you, me, and all your viewers and everyone else out there who's smart, has common sense... Uh, you know, uh, the, the difference between why we're not super rich and the billionaire class is when it, what it really comes down to is empathy. I mean, it's, it's, that's what makes them rich. Not that they're too smart. It's that they don't care. They treat their workers, employees. They don't care who they have to step on to get to where they are. They don't care about selling garbage to the consumers, their own supporters who fund their their business and their lifestyles and their livelihoods. Or scamming them with they crypto scams too. They don't care about scamming them with crypto scams. They don't care about selling them exploding cars. They don't care about lying <laughs> to them about the cars being able to self-drive themselves. They don't care about all the children and dogs that get run over by the AI that doesn't know to stop in front of a child crossing the street. <laughs> They don't, they don't care about going out there and out of one side of their mouth saying um, government, you know, government subsidizing everyday people is bad and then taking billions of dollars for their space exploration company from the government. They don't care about, uh, you know, out the other side of their mouth. They don't care about doing any of that. And because they don't care, because they have no conscience and they have no, they cannot feel guilt and they're straight up narcissists. That's why they're able to create a huge hoarding amount of supply of money, hoard it all. And that's really the difference between them and us. Uh, you know, I, I could go out there uh, and easily, easily try to pretend that I have created this brand new tech thing. Uh, it's going to change the world and try to raise money and get people to buy into it. But the fact of the matter is I don't have any of that. If I did and said so, I'd be lying. And these people don't care about lying. 
He doesn't care that his AI is not AI, yet he sells as an extra AI feature in his Tesla cars and marks and dupes buy it for extra thousands and thousands of dollars added on top of the already expensive price of a Tesla. Like it's, th these guys don't care. They don't care about you at all. It's time people realize that that's the reason that they're rich. It's not because they're smarter than you. It's not because they're better at business than you. I mean, I guess you could say they're better at business than you if you consider being a, a psychopath you know, a business uh, value, uh, mm -hmm. uh, running a, a value of running a business. But I mean, that's what that's the difference between these people. Honestly, it really is. Look at all these VCs. Look at all these VCs out there going around and telling you to invest in crypto. And then you find out that they were gifted crypto from these companies they had invested in. And they're turning around and dumping the crypto on you they're basically saying oh buy this token it's going up it's going up it's going up and as you buy the token they're selling so they're they're basically taking your money they're literally taking your money when they do that and then the value of that token they're telling you to buy is dropping as they're selling their mass quantities and you're left with a token already worth less than you paid for that's exactly what's going on uh jacob silverman uh this great reporter who covers crypto as well he uh, recently uh, posted a clip of the VCs who run that podcast All In, which include that guy, David Sachs, who is working for Musk inside Twitter. He's one of the VCs uh, Musk brought on board to help him run Twitter. He's the guy who's running around saying we're, 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 we're getting the woke out of Twitter. This guy, David Sachs, you should look him up. He's on video talking about how Solana gave them all this advanced or they were able to buy in uh, Solana tokens, this is a cryptocurrency, at a much cheaper rate than everybody else. They have, they hoarded up all the Solana and as they're pumping it up to everybody to buy Solana, they're on the podcast slyly trying to brag about how they're um, dumping the token on the retail investors who they're telling to buy. These guys are so narcissistic that they're literally admitting to doing this shit on podcasts that they publicly release did it surprise you as as kind of like a closing note to find out how many like youtubers influencers also did the same thing like because i like part of me is like how long can you grift your audience like you know jake paul or fucking uh, floyd mayweather or like all these other rich people they are literally selling garbage trash shit coins to their audiences getting them to like you just described pour in all this real money and you get the worthless token or the nft or whatever it is in exchange and like and then they still have careers like you just fleeced thousands of people tens of thousands of people and yet nothing happens like you're still just as famous as before Right, right. No, I mean, it's the whole, it's this whole hustle culture, the whole grind, you know, rise and grind Stigma. bullshit. This, this whole culture of, of, you know, like, oh, I'm a, I'm an internet entrepreneur. Uh, if anyone ever says that to you nine out of 10 times, they're a fucking scam artist who actually isn't working on anything. Um, <laughs> serious, I'm being serious. Um, that you know the whole idea that you're currently having oh i got like this project and that project and that project nine out of ten times those people's projects are literally scams telling you 
you know, basic bo bare bones bullshit you could have found for free online about how you can make money online. That if they were doing it, if they were making money online in that way, they mm -hmm. wouldn't be sharing that shit. They wouldn't yeah. be, you know, letting more people into this like money making niche they found. The people who actually make money, like selling shit online, they don't share that specific money making niche they found on the <laughs> internet. That's a small audience that they have giving them money. You think they're gonna tell you and 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 bring competitor like not knowledgeably bringing competitors to to compete with them? No way. They're gonna keep that shit to themselves. If someone's selling you like uh, what's his face. Um, Andrew Tate is telling you how to make money online. The reason he's selling that to you is because his money, his online money making skill is getting you to buy. He's selling you how to make money online. Because if he was actually just making it by directly selling a product or a service directly to the consumer, he wouldn't be telling you how to do that. It sounds like a giant Ponzi scheme. Or uh, all, what do they this, call, this what do they call it? Multi-level marketing? Yeah, that. It's all... It's all a Ponzi, and the uh, the flywheel scheme is specifically what caused FTX to go under. If you're not familiar with that, it's a more crypto-centric uh, scheme. Basically, what FTX did printed up their own money out of thin air, a token called FTT. It was their own token, and they basically kept a bunch of it for themselves, significant percentage to insiders, and released a very small amount the general to the general public to buy because it's a small amount versus at least to the general public when they did buy it would pump up the value of the token because again you have a bunch of people buying a token that's in limited supply it pumps up the value then what they do is they consider their holdings mm -hmm. to be valued the same so let's put it this way you create monopoly you you create surf's token out of thin air we have Surfcoin. Surfcoin.com. Go go check it out. Okay, there you go. So you created <laughs> Surfcoin. It's a value of zero. Yeah. You hold 90% of the tokens. Come on, give, don't give the game away. What are you saying right now? Give <laughs> We're live. 5%, you give 5% to insiders. Put the other 5% out there for people to buy. Only 5% of the tokens out there. People buy. It pumps up the value and everything. The token goes up to, I don't know. Ten dollars a coin. You only sold five percent. So the actual market cap surf token of, of surf coin should be ever the ten dollars is times the ten percent you actually sold. What they do then is they value all of the tokens at ten dollars. So that ninety percent of surf coin that you never put on the market, all of a sudden each one's valued at ten dollars, and all of a sudden when you're raising money. Oh, we're a company with uh, two billion dollars in the bank. We're worth two billion dollars. They don't have it in liquidity. Liquidity, though, it's not in liquid, cold, hard cash. It's in this token they never Assess put value. on the market. Yeah, and then they raise funds off of that. They share those tokens with their subsidiaries. In FTX's case, the majority of their hedge funds' uh, worth, the Alameda Research Group was in ftt tokens meaning that the money they were trading like the trades they were making was with money that did not exist so they basically like their holdings did not exist so they're basically trading on the money that their consumers were giving to ftx to basically hold as like you know as an exchange they're gambling away their users uh, uh money like i'm like you know the the reason the uh the, the uh you know banks 
uh, are safe is because your money's insured up to $250,000 in the bank. That, there's no insurance there with crypto. They, they're gambling your money away. And if they lose it all, then, well, you should have a luck. That's wild. Uh, Matt, I don't want to take any more of your time. I know you're, you said you were in a rush. Uh, where can people find you to get more of this delicious flavor, these, these secret sure. spices and herbs? Well, well, while you're on Twitch right now, you might as well just go over to twitch.tv slash Bender and following the channel there. And if you have a minute, when I open up a, an extra tab in your browser and type in youtube.com slash Bender, and then subscribe to me there. And then after you do that, open a third tab. I know you already Clean have 10 tabs room. open. So many tabs. Open up another tab. Uh, <laughs> that, uh, that, and then type in twitter.com slash Bender and follow me there. And while you're on that page, you don't have to open a new tab because there's a link right there where with one click, you could subscribe to my newsletter, which is the best place to follow me right now in preparation for whatever happens to Twitter. Uh, I'm not saying you're going to die. I'm not gonna, yeah, but we don't know if I'll be banned or suspended or if we'll be all be run off because it just becomes uh, completely 100% Gab 2.0. Um, so, yeah, that's where you can find me. Uh, and also, awesome. and also, you can find Matt Binder as part of a new uh, series, a podcast panel, if you will, right. called, and we can reveal it for the first time right now, The Leftist Mafia. Yes, Matt is part of the Leftist Mafia uh, podcast that will be starting not this Thursday, but next Thursday. And it's going to be fucking super based and awesome. That's because it would have started this Thursday if uh, certain someone <laughs> didn't inform Lance that uh, tomorrow is Thanksgiving here in the United States. Yeah, well, I see <laughs> you Americans with your weird Thanksgiving and your football and your stuff. Ah. So how would you have liked it if I decided to have a stream on Boxing Day? I'm sure you would have been... <laughs> That's our day. Our day to shop. No, Matt, <laughs> my possessions. <laughs> uh, Matt, thank you so much for joining me. Always a pleasure. Uh, I love you. Please keep doing awesome work. Thanks a lot, Lance. Always a pleasure to join you as well. I'll, I'll see you real soon. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to all your U.S. Uh, viewers. <laughs> happy Thanksgiving. Adios. Oh, fantastic. Everyone, hey, you should probably go do exactly what Matt Binder just said and go follow Matt Binder on the YouTubes and then on the Twitters and then on all the socials and go get your daily dose of the scam economy and the other stuff and then go subscribe to his newsletter because we don't know if he's going to be yet another one of the accounts that gets roasted. So you've just been listening to an episode of The Surf Times. And if you enjoy it and want to see The Surf Times, you can go to wearesurfs.com or watch the live shows at thesurfs.tv. And also everywhere social media is sold, basically thesurfs.tv, you'll find us there, twitter.com slash thesurfstv, for example. It would also help us out tremendously if you could leave a good review of this podcast if you enjoyed it, either on, I don't know, iTunes or wherever you're podcasting. Apparently it does help, and yeah, we hope to see you soon. To our gods, Xander Corvus and Peyton L. Just, we are prepared to conduct many a human sacrifices in your honor. To our monarch, Tom Spiker, we are but your humble yet incompetent gestures, trying in vain to bring some levity into your life. To our Lord Trevor R., we give you thanks for this meager plot of land for us to toil away our pathetic existence. To our brave knights, Carl Wauer, Tony, DM Rivera, Resident Scarecrow, Sir Nickus, Mayred, Cheryl Alvarez, Ruben Kelly, Brandon, Words Greenwood, Nate, Hegbird Celine, Matthew Scarborough, Stellar Vision, Ariane McCarthy, Daniel Sutton, Coulter Smith, Jenna Tal, Quiet185, 
Anna Loves Riley, Omni, Riley and Anna, Poodle Hawk, The Tim Caucus, Multimondi, Trevor Janis, Lemmy 101, Anthropophojack, Saren 42, Catherine, Ramon Acosta, Incosin, Agent NDN, Violent Orchard, Political Puppy, Andreas Chiringuito, Zach Christensen, Todd Buckingham, and Todd Lajeunesse. We salute our mighty heroes off to conquest some bread in some far-off land.